KBZE, Booze League Radio is on the air. Booze League Radio. Wiley Withers. Stephen Orff. This is the Boozecast. Broadcasting live from the Booze League HQ. Time is never wasted when you're wasted all the time. Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining us here on the Boozecast, broadcasting live from beautiful Southern California here in Camarillo. Uh, be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Booze League. Also, check out our website at, website at boozeleague.com. So today uh, on the show, we got a pretty good show coming up here for you. We're going to bring in the guru since we're getting uh, since all the uh, fantasy football camps have started. It's about time to start looking and making some plans to uh, dominate next season. Uh, we're also going to go back to Morro Bay. I know we talked about Libertine last week and some of uh, what they offer. We're going to go over their Turkey Buzzards blend, which has a tie-in with uh, one of the bands that actually formed there. Uh, and also we have some news coming up and, uh, and our beer of the day. the day so this week uh the beer of the day is actually comes from the hometown of this band here this band here is the mother hips it's one of the oldest established craft breweries out there producing some very very tasty beer and every year they do a different type of marzen to celebrate fall and i figured since we're doing fantasy football today might as well talk some Oktoberfest, even though even though we're basically still in july as of today but august is right around the corner so we might as well hop on it this beer's got an 86 rating on Beer Advocate, uh, 6.1 ABV, as it were. This is a festival beer, true to the style, deep golden in color, deceptively rich malt flavor, balanced by traditional German growth hops, or grown hops, and they are whole grown hops. Today's beer of the day is... Sierra Nevada Oktoberfest, brewed... With Brauhaus Miltenberger. So here's a fun fact about uh, this Mittenberger, uh, Brauhaus Mittenberger. I'm terrible at German. Um, in Germany, it's actually Brauhaus Faust, not Brauhaus Mittenberger. They actually brew in Mittenberger, but Anheuser-Busch, in true Anheuser-Busch style, owns Faust. So they can't legally put it on a beer label and say Brauhaus Faust, or this is a collaboration with Brauhaus Faust, but... They have to put Mittenberger, so it's Brauhaus Mittenberger. If you look it up, it's like Mittenberger Faust, or you can find them online at faust.de. But um, I don't know. What do you think? I mean, this is this is kind of one of my favorite beers that comes out on a yearly basis. It is. It is nice. Nice. A uh, nice multi flavor. Definitely a little bit of some kind of fruit. I know uh, online the beer Advo- beer advocate. I think only has thirty three ratings on this one right now. It just came out last week, and a lot of them talk about the fact that it's got kind of a graham crackery kind of taste. And uh, mm-hmm. they talk about the balance of the hops. Definitely. I'm, this is the first time I've ever had this one, and I'm, I'm enjoying it. Well, enjoy it now, because next year you won't be able to get it. So mm-hmm. um, the first one that they did was with um, Mars Brow. I'm sorry, is Brauhaus Riegli? Here like you I go said, with that German again. Yeah, right? Boy, I just <laughs> handle that German. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, that one was pretty good. It got the highest score. And, in fact, in all the reviews online, a lot of them talked, hey, this is good. It's not as good as the first one. Um, but they've only this is the third one they put out. Uh, last year I really enjoyed. I think it's my favorite so far of the three was Mars Brau uh, out of Bamberg, Bamberg, Germany. That got an eighty nine. 
on uh, Beer Advocate, and uh, the previous one got a 90. So this one's lagging a little bit behind so far, but there's still a lot of history uh, to be written here. Yeah, for me, it's always kind of hard to judge the different yearly releases of like almost any beer just because it's hard to you know remember exactly all the, the tasting notes that you sure. got from 2016 or 2015. Unless you like, you know, you're able to do it side by side. Right, right. Well, if we're drinking this, I think we've 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 come up to round one. Round one. <laughs> yeah. I think I'll have a beer. Say my name. Yeah. And I really um, like. I'm going to go back to Sam Adams here for a second. Um, Sam Adams, their yearly Oktoberfest, I know is one of the bigger. They do the, the Stein hoisting events. Um, they do a, a number of events around their Oktoberfest, and it's good. I am not a big fan of the super malty Oktoberfest Marzen-style beers. Um, I am. I like them. But, again, like, like most beverages, I have to be in like a specific mood for that. Right. This makes so. me want to do some beer brats right now. Absolutely. I took a drink. I'm ready for some football. I'm ready to do some beer brats. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm already there in fall just by drinking this. Uh, with with the German Oktoberfest celebrations, though, um, Ennegrin Brewing in Moorpark actually does some some pretty fun events. They that's right because their their whole thing is all German, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly. Yeah, they they do mainly German lagers. I mean, they'll they'll brew some other stuff to kind of stay up to date with trends. Sure, definitely some good some German festivities in there. Right, right, yeah. I'm a so I'm a big fan of this one. Go out and give it a shot if you can. Um, of course, you can get it. Uh, you know, it's it's on store shelves now. Um, so it's interesting how they do the the black and white, look, like or black and yellow kind yep. of diamond as opposed to like that blue and white traditional German. Well, last year was uh, blue and white, mm-hmm. and the year before that it was red and yellow, I believe. Okay. So every year, I mean, eventually they'll run out of Oktoberfest colors, I guess. Um, another really good Oktoberfest beer that follows along on the crispier Marzen is the Alesmith Oktoberfest. I don't believe I've ever had that one. I've, I haven't had a bad beer from them. Modern Times are two breweries I've just never had a bad beer from. True. Uh, and Alesmith does a really good job with their with their Oktoberfest. Yeah. Alesmith is actually going to be brewing the 25th anniversary of Sublime's 40 Ounces to Freedom. That's right. Yeah, I saw something about that. Yeah, they're brewing a traditional Mexican lager with... And they're going to release it in six packs and also forties. <laughs> of course, it's got it's got to be a forty, right? Yeah. Otherwise, it's not a sublime. Uh, not at all. <laughs> it's not sublime <laughs> in the very least. So um, that is our beer of the day. Um, I recommend you go out and grab it um, when you can. And on the note of fall, as I mentioned before, one of the reasons why I chose this beer for the beer of the day is that we're kind of getting into football time, and I'm starting to get excited for that. I mean, I like baseball a lot, Dodger fan, but football is is really to me, the best time of the year. And today we're bringing in the guru to come in here and talk a little bit of uh, football with us all. Free your mind. Then imbibe the wisdom. The guru. There he comes now, walking down the aisle. Resplendent. In his designer jeans with some rips. His beautiful turquoise necklace, his large frame, and salt and pepper goatee. Ever so majestic. So majestic. Make Ble- me melt. <laughs> well, you walk in the room, the whole place gets hotter. What can we do here? Oh, you are the baby. guru. I'm getting a tan just sitting next to you. Yeah, I brought back a lot of sun rays. They're probably still bouncing off of me. 
<laughs> so, so um, Jeff Gray uh, writes our um, start sit forecast on a weekly basis. Um, he is Jeff the Guru Gray, and I think a good this is a good time as any to start getting into fantasy football talk. Um, so, what do you got for us today, Jeff? Well, uh, question was posed to me by you actually a few weeks ago. It's something that's really a hot topic of discussion right now. It's are last year's studs going to be this year's studs or duds, or are they going to stay where they're at? Right. So, Zeke was great for me last year. I don't know if he's going to be this year. These are right, and there's a lot. Minds Boy, there's no shortage of news when it comes to that guy. Well, first off, we have to define what we don't look at when we're talking about studs. You know, going into next season. You know, we're not talking about Drew Brees. We're not talking about Aaron Rodgers. You know, this is this isn't this isn't even a piece on Zeke Elliott. You know, if he's on the field, it's a no brainer, and that's the big question with Zeke: Will he be on the field, and how many games will he be on the field? True. And then once he's on the field, will he keep his nose clean? Sure, sure. So everybody knows, you know, what he can do. You know, it's just, it's just unfortunately not everybody knows what he might do. So <laughs> and that's well not just on a field. So you know. It, 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 you know, the established elite or even solid players shouldn't change much short of drastic personnel changes, you know, and also people have to remember that with football, reality and fantasy don't always go together. I'll talk about that a little bit later, but, you know, let's go on. So, I mean, start with a couple of quarterbacks, you know, uh, a lot of people are asking, you know, is Matt Ryan going to do what he did last year? Because Matt Ryan really had just a banner season. He just about hit the 5,000 yards. And I remember over many, many years of drafting that I would ignore Matt Ryan. I'd see him and i like, I don't know. Really? Yeah, him I, and Jay Cutler, for me, were always someone I stayed away with. I never ignored front. Matt Ryan. I kind of watched him and waited for Matt Ryan. I always liked Matt Ryan. I've always liked his well, talent. Sure, I think he he's a great not, guy. But he never had the full collection of talent around him, and, and, and not everybody was gelling. You know, he's got Julio. He's got Mohamed Sanu. But he's also got this guy, young kid named Taylor Gabriel now. And Taylor Gabriel reminds me a lot of another guy uh, on KC, Tyreek Hill. Mm-hmm. These guys are speedsters. They're elusive. They're incredibly athletic. They're incredible at, at, at running routes. And there's just really – the only thing that, that, that they might be short on is size. You know, they're, you're, they're not built like your Calvin Johnson. They're not built like mm-hmm. Dez. You know, not built like Mike Evans. But these guys can do just about anything. And, and I think he's one of those players that you're going to listen to the commentator say, well, maybe we don't start him this week. Well, maybe you do. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's just one of those guys where they're constantly going to be proving people wrong. Seven weeks in, you know, there's only so much you can say about sitting him on the bench. Right, right. So, you know, I, I think Matt Ryan's got another really good, solid season under his belt. They could use a little help at tight end, but Austin Hooper's not that bad. Toy Lolo's not a bad backup. He's, he's okay. Mm-hmm. Serviceable. I mean, I don't see a lot of holes in their game. And I think they could be Super Bowl contenders again, you know, above and beyond that. Uh, now, Andrew Luck is, is, is in the news right now. Mm-hmm. now. Apparently, his shoulder's not healing up the same way everybody thought it was going to. And the big question is, is he going to be able to start week one? Well, we don't know. Uh, right now, what is it? Uh, beat writer Dakota Crawford is reporting Andrew Luck's shoulder is not ready to commit and playing in, uh, to playing in week one. It's hard for me to look beyond really today's rehab session, Luck told uh, the Indy Star. That's not the thing you accidentally want to hear when training camp starts. Uh, that's the approach I have to take if you want to get truly healthy, if you want to get better than you were before the injury. Luck later added, there is no reason to freak out. I don't know what day it's going to be. I don't know what week. I don't know when, but I will definitely be better. So, well, and I heard some commentators actually say it's probably better. Um, not, not to, he's a franchise guy. Obviously, he's going to be there forever. Of like, course, he, you want to protect your investment. And say, well, maybe it's better that he actually ends up not even playing next year. I feel like that was kind of a reach. I, I, I think that's a big reach. I don't really think you can do that. Uh, I mean, 
who are we talking behind him? It, it, it's, uh, it, it, yeah, it's Mr. Scott Tolzien, who in the past has proven very serviceable backup. People mm. don't say anything about Tolzien until, you know. The Tolzer. He used to be behind, what was it, uh, Rogers, right? I, I believe and so, he was yeah. pretty decent behind him on the very rare chances that he would take the field. So, you know, but it does lend a question to, you know, whether or not uh, Andrew Lux out there is going to have a big impact on T.Y. Hilton, who had a, a breakout season last year, arguably. And he, you know, Finally. I, I, well, I, I, he was the one that I didn't want to be, have anything to do with for a while. And he constantly. I was, was the same way. I was, I was, uh, me wrong I was out on you know, T.Y. Hilton. No, 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 no. I was out. I was, there was yeah, no T.Y. Hilton. And I used to be on Cleveland's side of that for a long time. Uh, but you know what, Dante Moncrief, who really, when he played, he was everything they talked about. Mm-hmm. I had Moncrief across my league. I, I, I weighed heavily on Moncrief. I probably reached a little bit for him, and unfortunately, he got hurt. He was looking at a banner season. So it, it, it's just there's a lot of injury concerns over there. I still have a big question mark about Andrew Luck. But let's talk about Kirk Cousins. <laughs> you like that? I love, I, I love that. I love Kirk Cousins. Uh, the fact that there's... Oh, yeah. The fact there's so much talk about whether or not he can toe the line in Washington shows just how many people there out, are out there who don't know how to connect the dots, let alone do any real research. I mean, how much does this guy have to prove? Uh, everything lines up for this guy, except the team he plays for. The Redskins? Yeah, so there's that. You know, the Redskins just haven't been that good for quite a few years now. Hell, SB Nation's Harry Lyles Jr. recently said, Washington's NFL team is one of the worst-run professional sports franchises on the planet. And you know, it's not like they dumped a whole team's worth of grade A talent like the Bears have, you know, because that's, you know, they really didn't have anybody to dump. And the Bears have been legendary. They've given away a whole team. I'll talk about that later. But one thing to note here is that Cousins got to take his time in his first three seasons while they were working to develop RG3. Uh, 284 yards a game and 1.68 touchdowns per game over that time. Now, he only added 164 rushing yards to that. Oh, excuse me. No, that, that, oh, yeah. Uh, they produced nine rushing touchdowns, which brings his effective TD game rate to 1.92. So he's almost, uh, uh, you know, you can almost rely on the fact that he's a two-touchdown-a-game guy who's getting close to 300 yards a game. So if Kirk just plays his average game in 2017 and plays all 16 games, he'll produce 4,544 yards and 31 TDs, whether it's on the air or on the ground. That's a stat that'll here, here's a stat that'll absolutely blow your mind. In his last three seasons, Cousins has a completion percentage of 66.2, which would place him second on the all-time NFL pass completion percentage career leaders list, just ahead of Chad Pennington and just behind Brew Drees. As it stands, I love Brew Drees. Brew Drees. Did I say Brew Drees? <laughs> you did. Well, I, well that's I, what I think. I heard, that's because but... <laughs> you guys are talking about beer. <laughs> that's so, what I heard. Sorry, know? Mr. So... Drew Brees. Uh, but as it's as it stands, he currently sits third all time. So you, you like that? You, so you think that that's uh, Kirk Cousins is kind of a sneaky play as you get towards a uh, later round? I don't think he's that sneaky. I think he's like right there. He's like a piece of artwork hanging on the wall, and you don't even realize there's a painting hanging there. Which which would be sneaky because no one else realizes it, but you do. I guess, and that's but why I, you're I, the guru. I, I know I'm not the only one out there, so uh, I, I, I would okay. I would I wouldn't fall. I wouldn't feel bad if he falls to me in any of my leagues. Right on. So uh, let's talk about uh, the one that everyone wants to draft first: running backs. Yeah, let's go. Let's go for it. So Spencer Ware. Spencer Ware is interesting. He sort of fell into the lead back role when Jamal Charles got hurt, edging out Char- Charkandrick West to the old Charknado. Oh, I, I remember. Or uh, I like Charknado. You know, the, the thing about thing you got to remember about KC is anybody, any, any running back that lands in KC, you know, is basically 
their feet get kissed by God. They're, they're, they're guaranteed an RB1 spot. Everybody's done it who's landed there. Jamal Charles did it. Spencer Ware did it. Charkandrick West did it. You know, if Alfred Morris was there, Alfred Morris would do it. Uh, Alfred Morris is just in the wrong place at the wrong time. Who's so, he with now? Is, is Alfred Morris ours. still there? Oh, he's on uh, Dallas? Yeah. Oh, and, oh, that's and right. Yeah. He's, he's, a, he's one, one of the best depth charts for running backs in the league. Who do you got behind Zeke Elliott? I'm not worried about whether or not Zeke Elliott plays for the Cowboys mm-hmm. because he's got Darren McFadden behind then, who's been a stud. Yeah. And he's, he loves playing at Dallas. And then you've got uh, you know the other guy. So I, I'm not too worried about them. I mean, Morris is a pretty good RB3, I'd say. Yeah. He's arguably an RB1, but he's been mismanaged a lot. And he's right. run into some bad situations. But anyways, so every – look, every – Andy reads a running coach first and every, everything else second. And I don't care what he says. That's the way it works in case. I mean, Andrew, Andy Reid looks like a running coach, right? Yeah, well, they, 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 took, they, they took Alex Smith from uh, San Francisco. And in true San Francisco trade fashion, that person goes on to have the best seasons of their life somewhere else. Right. So, the, uh, you know, he's been no exception. Alex Smith has been more than serviceable the last couple of years. He's been fairly solid. I would say, which is something I didn't know if I'd ever say about Alex Smith. But look, he's, he finally learned how to find Jeremy Macklin, who's moved on. Yeah. He, he, he finally had, he finally gave Travis Kelsey the, the season, the breakout season that everybody, everybody's been waiting for. And, uh, you know, uh, there's just a lot going on there. Uh, that being said. Oh, uh, hold on, Guru. Beer is showing up. Oh. Round two. I'll drive. All right. So, you know, you're going to lose a little third down. You might lose a little third down work to Kareem Hunt. Sure. You know, we know West's rule, but we're not sure what C.J. Spiller's going to do. There's another fly on the windscreen. And uh, who, uh, who is but he But do with? we ever? But, wait, who's uh, C.J. Spiller? Uh, he was yes, with... He just landed. Wow. Because yeah, he was so... with the Bulls before. Or the Bulls. The Bills before, right? Uh, yeah, C.J. Spiller, at some point, he was with the Bills. He moves around a lot, so... Uh, the thing about it is that I, I, I I'm not uh, too worried about the running game there. So, uh, you know, whoever's there is is the guy. And right now it's Spencer Ware, but then you got Trekansic Rest again. Kareem Hunt is talented youngster, and uh, C.J. Spiller. That's a, it's pretty deep. So, Ware's got a lot of competition. He's got a lot of reason to mm-hmm. fight to keep the job. Not too worried about him. We don't know what Spiller's going to do. So, so he was a stud from last year, and he'll probably be a stud again this year. Uh, yeah, I mean, was he a stud last year? He was pretty damn good. Okay. <clears throat> I don't know if I, I – I think I might stop there. Devontae Freeman's a stud. Right. So uh, not too worried about uh, Jay Ajayi in Miami, although Miami has a propensity to screw things, you know, simple things up. So uh, I, I think Ajayi should be fine. You know, there was his two 200-plus yard games, you know, which gave you a, a respectable third of your season yardage. And, you know, there was, so there was some sl- slowness in it starting, but then he took off. So uh, here's the one that everybody wants to know about. Uh, and he's really been in the fantasy news a lot lately. Kind of has been all year. Jordan Howard. Okay. You like Jordan Howard? I, I don't, I'm not familiar with Jordan well, Howard. Well, he's on, I he's, rely on you to give me he, advice. So. He's that kid on the Bears, and uh, you know he had a breakout rookie season. I mean, he just performed phenomenally on a team without too much going on around him. Uh, right, yeah. Jay Culler was walking off the field, and there was yeah. all kinds of dysfunction well, there in that. Remember what I said about the Bears story. dumping talent? Mm-hmm. You want to know who Chicago's dumped this decade? Let's hear it. Matt Forte, Brandon Marshall... Alshon Jeffrey, Greg Olson, Martellus Bennett. Wow, Greg Olson is a 
beast too. I can't believe De- Devin <laughs> I, you know, he- Devin Hester. Yeah, they even dumped the best return return game in the league. They gave away an entire team of studs. Look, we don't even know who their quarterback is right now. Between uh, Mike Glennon and Mitch Trubisky, you know, Glennon is a middle of the road backup. There's not, really nothing fancy about him. Uh, I don't love him, and, 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 uh, and certainly not for a starting job. And Mitch Trubisky's the, 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 the highly drafted rookie. I don't remember where he was drafted. But Is it bad that every hot. time I hear Mitch Trubisky's name, I think of the guy from Real Genius? Wasn't that Mitch? Not the guy in the closet. Who was the guy in the closet? Kilmer no. was Mitch. No, no, no. Mitch no? was the guy that came in, um, was the, the young kind of geek kind of guy. I mean, like Trubisky's a perfect His name for Geeky sidekick? Yeah, the geeky sidekick. Well, the, technically the, the star of the show but, you know, Val Kilmer, you know, was kind of just – who's the guy? Who, Laszlo. Laszlo was the guy in the closet. Laszlo. Laszlo was the guy in the closet, and Mitch was – Val Kilmer. No. Mitch was really? uh, the geeky little dude. What, what, the the actual real genius, not uh, – I, I don't know. Do we have name, commercials? But, we need to look that up. Oh, wait, buried in fantasy right now. I'll get Earl on it. I'll, it was I'll, one of my favorite 80s movies. I'll get our way. intern to, to look that up. But, um, no, but every time I hear Mitch Trubisky, I picture that guy from Real Genius – out there on the football field, tossing around the rock. So. Well, thanks, boss. Now I want popcorn. <laughs> You're welcome. I got you, man. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> okay, so, uh, so, so there. That's the talk. Is that nobody knows who's going to be handling the ball? Who's going to be calling signals? That, right. So there's a lot, and 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 who usually is the only person who's going to benefit from that is the running game. Right. You know, so your RB1's Jordan Howard. He's got no competition. Uh, you know, he was phenomenal. One of the best seasons ever for a rookie running back, and, and on a shit team, no less. We can say that, right? You can say that, yes. On a shit team, no less. <laughs> Gurley didn't do that in Los Angeles. Howard was fourth in NFL for rushing yards per attempt, third in the league in yards per game, and second in season-long rushing yards. He had 1,313 yards, and he missed a game. Hmm. So that's how good Jordan uh, Howard is. I wouldn't be upset at all if he falls in to me in any leagues. But I'm gonna I'm gonna stick to my guns. I'm gonna go off a you know cheat sheet this year, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna try it a little bit different. So why don't we move on to wide wide receivers? Let's hear it. Last year was you know the breakout year for drafting wide receivers high. Everybody was applying like a wide receiver wide receiver draft. Well, because strategy. before that, it, the rule of thumb was always get your RBs taken care of. You know, at and least, then at least one in the first two rounds. Right. And uh, last year was a big exception to that. It was a big shift over to the wide receiver because there were so many guys looking good. But there's been so many sad stories behind that. And, and really, that last year, it was a breakout for more running backs. You know, Zeke Elliott, David Johnson, Be- uh, Le'Veon Bell came back with guns blazing. How many games did he miss? Like six or something? Did he miss half was, the season, I think? I, how, how many games did it? We're talking... Pittsburgh. Because uh, I remember I Bell. had, was it D'Angelo Williams was his? Bell, played, uh, Bell missed four games. That's it? It? Was, it, was, it was a suspension, I believe. It was four games. Yeah, I remember it was a suspension. That's all he missed. Four. He came oh. back. He got 1,268 yards, seven rushing touchdowns, 75 catches for 616 yards, and two more scores. I mean, that's beastly numbers for 16 games. Oh, I, and I was very upset that he came back because I had D'Angelo I Williams. I would love to see what his numbers were if he had a fourth more of a season. Just add 25% of those numbers. He's like 1,608. Wow. With, with probably 15 touchdowns. That guy's a beast. So uh, with, with respect to the wide receiver position, though, l- let's talk a little bit about Deshaun Jackson. I've always loved Deshaun Jackson. I think most people do. It's just that sometimes he's more of a, of a like I said, real re- reality player. My, my, I'm biased against him because he's Red, or he was Redskins. Well, he's still on un- Redskins? No, uh, he's 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 on the Bucks now. He's behind. He's a great. He's a great real life fit on the Bucks offense. Mm-hmm. But this move is terrible for fantasy owners. He's landing in an offense that already boasts Mike Evans, Cameron Brait, O.J. Howard, 
the top tight end in the draft this year, and Adam Humphreys. I mean, basically, they're the most upgraded passing game in football. He could still put up 1,000 receiving yards with minimal receptions because he's that deep ball threat. But, uh, you know, that's going to be one crowded end zone this year. Right. All those guys like scoring touchdowns. And uh, the new guys should be no exception to that. But he's still one of the biggest deep ball threats in the league. He's still a phenomenal athlete, even as he's, you know, what is he? He's he's getting up a little bit in years, but but he's still young enough. He's he's a smaller guy. He's quick. He's just he's got everything you want in a in a receiver, uh, and and maybe he's finally landed on a team that's worthy of him. So yeah, because I, I really can't stand Washington either, and there's a lot of reasons not to like him. Almost as many as the Forty ers Yeah, they are very very dysfunctional yeah, as well. Yeah, sneaked one in there. <laughs> I had to be I had to be slowed down from bashing the Forty ers last year. I by, know by I, my editor in chief. I know. I'd put my so, foot down on that. So Jarvis Landry. What about Jarvis Landry? What about Jarvis Landry? Well, what do you think of Jarvis Landry? I, I think he was a uh, uh, wide receiver. But do you like I mean, do you like him as the player? I mean, do you like what he's done in Miami? Again, we're talking not, Miami. Not really, no. Like, I, for some I'm not crazy. Re- I had him, and I think he was on my bench all year. I just never trusted him. I don't know why. I but... can hang with him as a wide receiver, too. To me, mm-hmm. he's, he can be a good wide receiver, too. But to him, for him to get the number one upside... There's a lot of things that really have to fall in his favor, and it's just not there yet. I mean, I recently read that Dolphins wide receiver Jarvis Landry has the same amount of catches as Odell Beckham Jr. through three NFL seasons, meaning that their next contracts could be similar. Well, sure, but it ends there. Hmm. Landry is not Odell Beckham Jr. Odell Beckham Jr.'s hands were taken to a mountaintop and kissed by God. <laughs> and, and actually, that's the first time I think I've heard... Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry, Landry mentioned in the same sentence. Well, the funny thing is, is they're they're, they're longtime friends. I think they're even schoolmates. Uh, they've got they've got a history. They've got the same kind of hair. They trade each other's jerseys. Uh, so they've got a, a, a kind of a closest that a lot of people miss. But uh, I really think it ends there. I just I, I don't I think Jarvis Landry is a good receiver. I think if he landed on a better team with a kind of quarterback who makes receivers wide receivers, mm-hmm. I think you know like if he landed on the Saints, you know maybe he he would have a, a, some better results. But I'm not crazy about him. So so I'm not so sure. I, I wouldn't look for him to have a breakout season this year. What about Brandon Marshall? Uh, I've always liked Brandon Marshall. Love Brandon Marshall. Uh, he was with Jets last year, I think, right? He was with the Jets last year. And you know what? The year before, they had that amazing season mm-hmm. with him across from Eric Decker while Decker was healthy. And uh, Mr. 48 on the uh, Wonderlick test, uh, Mr. Ryan Fitzpatrick. Oh, right. Uh, Civil War veteran on the Ryan, league. Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yes, General Fitzpatrick. Yeah. And, you know, he just had this stellar season because he had these amazing one of the best one-two combinations in football. And, you know, he, he, was, he was doing his job. And, and it just kind of fell apart, as most things do on the Jets. And uh, so, so, look, now he's on a team with a good quarterback. He gets to play across from Odell Beckham Jr., uh, who has a similar skill set and similar temperament to Marshall. Marshall came out very publicly with his borderline personality disorder a couple seasons ago. He did a, a football life episode mm. with his gorgeous wife. She had her hair bleached blonde braids just stunning and uh you know he was very very open about it and he's very proactive about it and of course it turned into a media spectacle and a mm-hmm. you know way to monetize but i mean sure. you know that, as that, everything with that, the nfl it, does it shows a lot because there's a lot of people you know there's a lot of mental illness traveling around the nfl and not all of it's diagnosed or owned up to so sure i mean you know so so 
I think this could be a really good fit for the stellar 33-year-old. And it might be – so he's, he's still got some, some gas in the tank. And it might be, it might be good for OBJ. Two things Brandon Marshall has a good reputation for. One, guys who line up opposite him often end up with double-digit TD seasons. And two, he's looked at as a fine mentor for younger receivers. I wouldn't cry if Brandon Marshall ends up on any team of mine. I want to talk about Terrell Pryor Sr. and his move to Washington. Okay. And here, here's another young athlete that I really, really like. Uh, Pryor joined the 1,000-yard uh, receiving club under the most horrific quarterbacking on a tragically bad team. Worse, in, in a lot of ways, worse than the 49ers last year. That's phenomenal. I mean, my God, Cody Kessler, Josh McCown, and Robert Griffin III. I'd want to go back to college if I was the wide receiver there. Right. I mean, and you know what? I still, there's still a part of me who really likes RG3. I think he's had a lot of bad breaks. I think that guy's talented. But anyways, I mean, regarding Pryor, that's a real testament to this guy's abilities. That's a one, two, three punch. You don't want to land on that. Because he uh, also played quarterback for a while as well. Yes, he did. And he's moving into a wide receiver one slot with Kirk Cousins. A huge upgrade. I mean, do we have a soundbite for that? For an upgrade? For a huge upgrade. Winning. There you go. Cousins is loving that he has an ex-quarterback to talk to and throw the ball to. They're talking all the time. The news is talking about the new bromance in town. Uh, he's a big target. He's, he's a big build. His only competition is uh, Jamison Crowder and Josh Doxson. Now, Crowder catches a lot of the passes thrown his way, and he finds the end zone a lot. He's like an end zone magnet, but he's tiny. Pryor's built like Megatron. Doxson was hurt most of last year, so we don't really know what he can do yet. There's still a lot of good talk about him. But I really think Pryor's looking at a good season, if not a breakout one. I'm kind of interested in what Brian Quick might do here, too. You know, backing up Kenny Britton, Los Angeles, and now he's here, too. Uh, he's, he's not without any talent. Okay. Keep going. Stomp me. No. <laughs> Stomp me, baby. No, no. Now we're moving on to news. All um, right. Thank you, uh, Jeff the Guru Gray. You bet. Um, what is your... Um, do you have a Twitter or are you uh, just Instagram guy? Uh, do I have I set up a Boozley? Boy, you really like putting your guys on the spot. Uh, well, well, I have my fire. I have my fire spinning Instagram, which is just kind of like general fun stuff in life. A lot of dog stuff. And uh, what am I on Instagram? I am. Well, it's it's long. It's Jeff underscore Gray underscore Fire underscore Performer. So Jeff Grape Fire Performer. That just rolls off the tongue. Yeah, it really does. So um, I know we've got. You know, you can reach me at was it uh, Guru Guru at, uh, at boozleague.com. Uh, I know you're always looking. At, if you need advice, um, you can also actually tweet us at boozleague and just hashtag at the Guru. And uh, we'll pass those uh, questions along to. And, and uh, I, I promise to work on my booze league social media presence. That's okay. That's okay. Otter, you don't have. I don't think you have a Twitter or anything, do you? I know you have an Instagram, but um, I, ha- I have a Twitter. Um, I think I downloaded it a few years back and forgot about it. And I don't know. I've, I've tried to use it, but it's just I, I, mainly, I never caught on for me. Otters don't really need Twitter, though. They need branches. Male otters are called boars. That's why he doesn't have Twitter. Yeah, because boars don't need that. Well, I also kind of feel like Twitter for me, you know, I know we're getting off subject here. We'll go to the news here in just a second. But mainly I complain about my cable or I complain about Time Warner or just random like Twitter or to our me. intern not doing anything. Uh, yeah, or all, you know, whatever he's doing. I'm not even sure where he's at right now. He should be checking the Internet for stuff. But should be bringing us more beers. Should be bringing us more beers. Are we? Oh. Up, is it round three time? We're almost down to round three as well. So. Um, but thank you, Guru. Um, look oh. for uh, Jeff's weekly column, uh, the Start Sit Forecast. We do one every week. Uh, he gives the top five and the top top five and bottom five, basically, right? 
(laughs) You know, it it is. There's 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 the uh, the uh, toasts and uh, and and tabs. Yep. You know, someone's got to pick. Someone's got to make the toast, and someone's always got to. Well, that's one thing I do like about you is you own up. Like, if you make a bad call, you're like, hey, by the way, well, uh, that's on me. Well, and it allows me to challenge myself, and I have. Like in the last couple of years, I've performed really high when you compare start sit accuracy to you know the big guys. Sure, you know Michael Fabiano's the uh, the the the, the berries, the berries, yeah, you know like Fabs and Barry, John and Hansen. Is John Hansen the other guru, right? He's the other guru now. Now I'm, I'm gonna might have some splaining to do if we meet. I, I can tell him that I didn't give myself the nickname. It was, That's right. <laughs> it was stuck upon me. Hey, you were christened. I, I like say. it though. It, it, it's kind of like like why not aspire to be a guru? Exactly. If somebody so. wants to call me a guru, fine. Well, I think this season of fantasy football is going to be very interesting, considering I know zero about football. And, and you're going to play, right? And I don't have a choice. So Otter's yeah. going to have a team. He have I a love choice, this. Yeah. No, yeah, Otter's going to be in, and we're going to take on the unfiltered gentleman. So, uh, so, again, so, so, so on our a virtual fantasy booze league football field, can we build him a little dam? We can. That'd be awesome. We I'm, I'm going to need one. I'm going to have to hide after I lose this season. We'll bring some or who tools. knows? I might just get some beginner's dumb luck and, and win. Who knows? Like you know beavers. what? It does sometimes. Otters are fond of tools. So we can build you I something. I love tools. I know you do. I've <laughs> Gonna build me a woman. <laughs> I've seen the grinder photos. Feet tall. <laughs> oh, so, so you are on grinder. <laughs> speaking of otter, <laughs> let's go over to him for the news. Selling about that. Spanning the globe to bring you all the news that's fit to booze too. This is the Booze Line News with KBZ's intrepid pub reporter, Stephen Lee Otto Hall. Booze League Radio. All right. So enough talking about tight ends and all of that. Let's talk about some boozy stuff. Um, ruffles. Ruffles. Ruffles potato chips. Ruffles Every- have ridges, I've heard. It's... For everyone's pleasure, but everyone <laughs> loves ruffles. Again? Everyone loves ruffles. Who doesn't love potato chips? Any I kind don't. of potato chips, really. Um, so you know, like you go to you go to breweries, wineries. They're doing like uh, you know, like wine and wine and cheese pairings, food and food oh, and yeah. beer pairings. Everyone's doing all these uh, like craft beer or spirit pairings with different foods. Wait, hold um, on a second, Otter. Speaking of rounds, we got the next beer round showing up. Uh, about time. <laughs> round three. Have another. Ping pong. Ping pong. Hey, everybody. We're all going to get late. Cannibal. Cannibal coming. Boy, that escalated quickly. Indeed, it did. Um, so, yeah, so Ruffles, they've jumped on the whole food and beer pairing as well with their uh, chips and sips campaign so potato chips obviously go well with beer or right. really anything that it, it almost seems like why did you not do this before yeah like how did it take you so long but so they've they've come up with a list of all of their or some of their some of their potato chip flavors and which beers go well with them oh yeah let's uh, let's hear ruffles pairings <laughs> let's hear that yeah nothing nothing but the classiest nothing but class <laughs> So you got the Ruffles loaded bacon and cheddar potato skins. Okay. Uh, what, are the, pairs, what does that go with? Pairs well with the Brew Free or Die IPA from oh. uh, 21st Amendment Brewery up in San Francisco. 21st Amendment. I, I would say the 21st Amendment and Clown Shoes have two of my f- most favorite labels. Clown Shoes labels are epic. It's like if, uh, was it Tenacious D 
design beer labels, that would be clown <laughs> shoes. And I love the the take on history that Twenty First Amendment has. I'm still really blown cool. away by the Ruffles pairings. I feel like even I overdressed, <laughs> uh, underdressed for this. Right? <laughs> uh, you are one classy son. So at least put a tie guru. on my head. <laughs> Uh, another one you got the another beer for those ruffles loaded bacon and cheddar potato skins is the buckshot amber uh from greensboro north carolina brewery uh natty greens i haven't had that one i haven't the the ruffle flavor or the beer both yeah um that's actually uh i haven't heard too much about i'll be willing to give that a uh, a try though i think the only brewery i am aware of in north carolina is sierra nevada's new brewery out there oh right newer right um uh, what else does Ruffles Ruffles have for us? Uh, the Ruffles Ruffles is actually kind of hard to say. Easy That's for you to say. You found your German, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brewdries, <laughs> yeah. Okay, Brewdries. Hey, at uh, least it's beer related. <laughs> <laughs> so the Ruffles all dressed with the Good People IPA from Good People Brewing Company in Birmingham, Alabama. I like them. They're good people. Um, they should. They should be. Uh, Again, with the Ruffles loaded bacon and cheddar potato skins. Is that all they've got? How many, like, they got like two flavors of Ruffles? <laughs> Not bacon <laughs> loaded cheddar like and bacon loaded cheddar? Pretty much. <laughs> um, but bacon and cheddar potato skins, those just sound good anyway. So, Oh, they, how, they sound how fantastic. How could you not want to eat that? I, I didn't say I didn't want to. I just uh, thought okay. Ruffles had more do you, than. Do you have any here? I do not. I'm sorry. Letting everyone down. We'll have to go uh, hit up the old TGI Fridays after this. <laughs> yeah. We should set uh, a taste test. Right? We should actually do this. Uh, we should have done this. Tastes like an abortion clinic in Iceland. <laughs> um, but yeah, so again with those loaded bacon and cheddar potato skins, we got the turntable, pil- turntable pills from Cleveland's Great Lake Brewing Company. Again with the pills. That's really making a craft kind of... Uh... Pil- Pilsners, man. Pilsners and I'm, and I'm good with it. These days. Hoppy Pilsners, Czech Pilsners. I love Hoppy Pilsners. I think that's become one of my favorite beer styles. Mm-hmm. It was a Hoppy that, Pilsner. Yeah, that wussy last week. That, that was, wussy was, was not bad. That was pretty good. Um, Monday mornings sucked, but... Uh, Monday mornings always suck. Well, you know what? I found that both Saturday, Sunday, and Monday mornings are all just terrible. Especially when we record this on a Sunday. It's... Uh, Monday is no bueno. Well, I didn't really have a mon- uh, a morning this morning. I kind of woke up in the afternoon. So, did you really wake up at one forty? Was that really your time to um, to shine? No, I think I re- I woke up around like nine. Uh, you know, went went pee and then back to sleep. <laughs> so that doesn't really count as waking up. This is the Otter's Trail. No, I guess it doesn't. <laughs> Um, so here we got a different Ruffles flavor, the uh, cheddar and sour cream. Finally. You can uh, drink that with the Laughing Skull Amber Ale from Red Brick Brewing Company in Atlanta. Still a potato skins theme on that, though. Mm-hmm. But it's not bacon and cheddar. Thank God. <laughs> and then uh, again with another different one, we got the Ruffles Flamin' Hot. Mm. Paired well with Texas Hellas from Community Beer, Community Beer Company in Dallas. So it's more of a... Seems like Central America and East Coast breweries. Like Central America, like, you know, Salvador and... No, like the Central United States. Oh, gotcha. Sorry, okay. my bad. No, that's okay. That's uh, okay. I'm geographically declined. Ge- geologically? Yeah. Ge- yeah, I don't know rocks either. <laughs> uh, he was very focused on business. I will, Yeah, now, rocks, I mean... That's it, not a bad thing. It's a rock. Yeah, you know. But so. you know how to monetize a rock. I would like to think so. You know that guy that, uh, just side note here, and, and I know that, you know. Stay on target. But um, the guy who invented the pet rock made uh, ungodly amounts of money off of the pet yeah. rock. He's, he's the anecdote. He, he's he is. 
He is absolutely the, the pet rock was actually sold at Nordstrom for a little while too. Did you see that they have uh, a pair of jeans? And again, stay on target. We'll get I back. Know, I know which ones you're about to talk about. The ones that are all stained, like you've been working in the yard or something. And yeah, they come with like fake mud. It's a thing. Yeah. Rusted onto them. Yeah, and I thing. think they were sold for like five hundred dollars. They were or something. yeah. They, they were not like seventy. They're not. Jeans. Yeah, they're not like cheap or anything. Next time we see the guru, he's going to show up in these jeans because that's kind of his style. Maybe. Well, you know what killed the pet rock though was the crack industry. <laughs> I see what you did there. Wouldn't the crack industry? Uh, oh, wait, are we talking about like crack, crack or rocks? Rocks. Okay, yeah. Rocks uh, and crack. <laughs> I have yeah, a good I feel like crack, crack Crackheads might actually think the rock was a real thing, though. Like, like alive. I don't know. Well, he is, and he was great in Moana. Hmm. He was great. He very true. <laughs> Amazing. He was great right? in Moana. One of my favorite wrestlers of You're all welcome. time is the Rock. Thank you. I think we need to soundbite him. I can smell what the Rock is cooking. <laughs> la, 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 potentially la, la, la. our potentially our next president or oh that would sometime I, in the future you know what i'm in i'm in why not <laughs> let's he, not get like, everything else he's done but, has been fairly successful but so. i i'm a big fan of the rock good old Dwayne. the good old Dwayne. Yeah, i just want to see him go on target foreign country and actually first-handedly kick someone's ass can you imagine him <laughs> meeting putin oh my god <laughs> Putin be like uh comrade rock <laughs> i don't know shirtless putin's pretty buff for his that age. is true and he does like to go shirtless often uh, sorry, uh, <laughs> got a little off track. We'll there. Stay on target. Good lord! Does that mean it's round four now, or are we still? No, we're not. We're not. I'm, not, I'm not, not yet. Not yet. No. Um, what do we got next for uh, for news? Well, uh, so beer beer sales are going down among the millennials. Yeah, because the millennials like kill everything. Apparently. Hey, I think I am actually a millennial. Yeah, are you? Are I? you considered a millennial? How old I, are you? I'm 26. That's a millennial, right? When were you born? Uh, 1990. I'm not doing math right now. 1990. Yeah, yeah. That's a millennial, yeah, that's right? right? In there. Okay, that's right, right in there. Yeah. I don't I mean, consider myself a millennial, though. I feel like millennials are pretty much douchebags, and I don't really consider I myself totally a douchebag. Totally disagree. Pop quiz. This is millennial litmus litmus we'll litmus test. So quick. Is this German? No. Okay, because you're having a hard time saying it. I know because litmus is not a word I use often. Litmus. But, uh, millennial <laughs> litmus test. Did you vape today? That's <laughs> I don't erroneous. That. That's erroneous. Lady. Yep. Yes. Did the guru vape today? Uh, yeah, yeah, you know what? He's I, always I, on on current trends, though. That's different. No, I mean, here, here, I, I disagree with you on millennials. I, I think they're some of the most open-eyed people out there right now because they're not open-eyed but closed-minded. Do you have those escalation sound bites? <laughs> yes, yes, I do. Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, here's the thing: millennials, by and large, who millennials, by the way, who have now, as of last April. Past population wise, uh, baby boomers is the largest generation. I believe which that. scares the shit out of the establishment. They don't buy all the lies. They don't buy that there's only two choices. They don't buy that you know the the, the zero sum narrative. They have their eyes open. I think that uh, they're going to be the ones who change the world, even if it's all smoldering. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. Well, they were on politics, but hey, stay on target. Well, anyway, so so millennials killing things. Let's go. <laughs> So let's 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 disregard the word millennial. Let's just say younger generations. Um, they're not drinking as much beer as they used to. And let's let's look at some statistics here. Okay. Or some. Yeah, I guess we can consider them statistics. So, Goldman Sachs recently downgraded the stocks of two major brewers. We got the Boston Brewer, Boston Beer Company, who makes Sam uh, Adams, Sam Adams, and Angry Orchard Cider. Um, and then we have Constellation Brands, the third largest beer company in the U.S., um, and they're also known for importing Corona and Modelo. Right, um, and bought Ballast Point for 
like one a billion one, with a, a billion B. dollars. Yeah. Ballast Point, though, I mean, they had, they still held on to their spirit company, which they rebranded into Cutwater Spirits. Oh, okay. Actually, some really good stuff. I mean, when uh, you're a company that can sell off basically half of what you're doing, or I'd say probably their beer at Ballast Point is probably three quarters of what they're doing. Mm-hmm. They sell off three quarters of what they're doing for one billion dollars. That's impressive. Huge. And, you know, you're not even selling off the whole thing. Yeah. You're only selling off, you know, and I was, amount, think, I was thinking amazing. about that when Ballast Point sold. I was like, a billion dollars. That's like, that's like that's the one biggest center money. That's that's huge. That's one percent. Yeah, and anyone and, like in the craft beer industry that says, "Oh, they sold out," they did. I'd sell out for half of that. I'd sell out for five hundred million dollars. Yeah. My God, one you, billion with the You a look B. at like how did they? You know, how did they come up with that number? Like, let's sell it for a billion. But they were sculpting the Sculpin IPA was like. When it came out, it was like the most expensive keg. Like you mm-hmm. go and buy a, like a half barrel keg, and I think there was it was like two hundred and fifty bucks for a half, a half, for a half, a half a barrel. So that's fifteen and a half gallons. It wow! Was, well, when it you, was when based, you have like Firestone Junior when I was Jack. College, the price point was you could like get like kegs, of course, for sixty bucks. 50 oh, you bucks. could you could still get that. They they but, pay to drink that. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> hey, I've drink. I've I did all my fair share of coors. Yeah, I did. Dude, when I was at UCSB, it was Keystone Ice. I don't know if it gets worse in Keystone. We had Coors Party Balls. I remember the Party Balls. I remember those. Um, so but Yeah, Ballast Point. Like quick the note, though, the on, on how they They're... came up with that number. Mm-hmm. Um, from what I have heard uh, from a source, I have an unnamed source here. Um, sounds sketch. It does sound sketchy, doesn't it? Uh, Ballast Point was going to go public and start you know, selling on the stock market. And I think that they were valued at like $750 million. So Constellation says, how about we round that up? And there you go. Who told Sold. you that? Was it Leroy Jenkins? <laughs> no, it was not. Was it our stupid Leroy intern? Jenkins would have gone for it, though, because he goes for anything. Yeah. Our intern says a lot of things. It might have been him. No, it wasn't Earl. Not a reliable it was not source. Earl. I don't listen to really anything Earl says. If Earl told me that he had cereal in the morning, I'd doubt it. So, Otter, can I ask you a question? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, is, is the fact that they're drinking less beer, does it have anything to do with the fact that millennials, by and large, have less opportunity, therefore less disposable income? Um, I think it's a, so it says, a wine and spirits have gone up like with millennials or the younger generation, they're going more towards like wine and spirits. So like so craft still spirits. spending the money. So they're still spending, but just the beer has gone down. I mean, get drunk fast. Uh, well, I also kind of, and feel... that's also, also worldwide too. It's not just here in the U S but this is, um, like China saw its sales of beer fall 4.2%, which I mean, four point two percent, like big whoop, like not Does huge. Does it say if but, all these countries had the same rise in wine and spirits? Because um, that'd be interesting if it's worldwide. So, the beer business seems to be fizzling elsewhere, as reported last month by the BBC. Uh, the international wine and spirits record uh, revealed a decline in beer sales worldwide, even though global gross domestic product, we'll just call that GDP. Mm-hmm. I like, I'm um, good with that, GDP. Yeah. So yeah. a lot easier that. to say. Yeah. 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 RG3. <laughs> um, increased 3.5% in 2016, uh, which usually can correlate to um, the sale of alcohol or like alcohol consumption. But, I mean, in popular, like in, in, most, in a lot of places, like marijuana has been legalized and stuff. So that can also be attributed to the lower sale in um, booze. Or beer, at least, because a lot of people want to just smoke weed instead. Alcohol makes sense. So uh, essentially, they're drinking craft whiskey and craft whiskey, weed. going to like wineries and just smoking, smoking. Some so millennials beer. are not killing anything; they're bringing back the class, is mm-hmm. what I'm hearing. Yeah. So China saw its sales of beer fall up 4.2 percent. Brazil 
uh, declined 5.3%, and even Russia's beer sales declined uh, almost 8%. But those Russians drink a lot more vodka anyway, right? Yeah, I mean, that's like one guy dying, and that's because I go down to, like, they drink a lot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so millennials are drinking less beer. So, yeah, I can't be a millennial because I drink a lot, of, a well, lot like, more beer. They're also so citing against the grain millennial. They're also citing Constellation. That sounds like you're calling me a hipster, though, and I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> I would never do that, Otter. <laughs> yeah, not until you grow one of the curly Yeah, and you've got to be wearing Toms. Yeah, oh, listening to Arcade Fire, right? Um, well, you know, they're citing also, Horse though. Berries. They're, the article kind of says, all right, well, I think Constellation. Where's what? Sperry's. Sperry's. The hell are Sperry's? Sperry's Boat were shoes? more preppy. Sperry topsiders. You know, the, 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 the deck shoes that had the leather rope going in and out of the rivets on oh, the sides. No, I, did, I didnn't wear those, man. I, I, had, a, I had a couple pairs. I had one in the, like, the last decade, I think I had a pair of Sperry's at some point. Yeah, I went barefoot on my yacht. So. They're, very, my, they're very classy. On my sailboat. They're very With my, with my very sweater posh. tied around my... Is your tire sweater always tied? Always tied. Is that an ascot, or are you just happy to see me? You said ass. Is that an ass, Scott? Um, but I think that they're they're citing Constellation in there. They're citing um, what was the other Constellation and uh, the Boston Beer Company and Sam Adams. And people aren't drinking those beers anymore. I think that you know, to me, I feel like millennials have segmented the market more, and they're more talking about going to the everything we just listed in the Ruffles news. Mm-hmm. I think that that's where they're drinking. I think they're, they're not going drinking for the, the, small, the smaller craft yeah. breweries. Yeah, they're, they're, uh, that's what I well, think. And mm-hmm. there was this huge explosion of this industry in the last decade. It just went absolutely bonkers. So huge. Three, and yeah. these, these, some of them are affordable. And, so, and like they'll pay a little bit. It's like what French vanilla and Dutch chocolate at Baskin Robbins, right? Costs a bit more, but worth it. Well, yeah. And, you know, <laughs> three years ago, um, I did an article on um, Booze League about I don't know, it was Shots of Booze. By the way, Shots of Booze, the original Booze League. Um, it's no more. Right. I'm going to pour a little out on the curb on that one. For but, the homies. Um, what's that? For the homies. A little, little for the homies. <laughs> but um, three years ago, there were, in just in the U.S., there were something like 370. No, no, I'm sorry. It was in the 700s. There's yeah. something like 700 breweries, breweries in the US? that opened their doors in that year. Oh, yeah. And we're going back to like 2014, 2015. But in that same token, only like 60 close their doors, which to me screams bubble. And that, that, that is definitely a bubble. But it also gives you more choices. So now you're not hanging out with Constellation. Now you're not hanging out with Sam Adams. Right. And the owner so of Sam spread Adams. Every bit out. Spread you're, everybody out. You're spreading out, it out. But it yeah. also implies burst. Yeah, exactly. So I think that there probably are. I mean, I think that everyone's still drinking the same, honestly. I mean, I'd, I'd be curious to see overall I think the numbers sales. are just different. I think they're looking at the wrong metric is what I think. Yeah. Interesting. Um, I think people aren't drinking Modelo as much anymore. I mean, well, I don't think that they have well, why would I? Why would I go to booze and you do. <laughs> Why would I go to like a grocery store to buy like a twelve pack or something when I can go to my neighborhood craft brewery, right. have a couple of pints, and take like a growler home? Right, that's um, true. Yeah, I'm going to be paying more, but I'm going to be supporting a local like small business, and I'm going to be drinking better beer, fresher yeah. beer, even as the more millennial ish person in the room. We go now, with that what, millennial how much word do you? Again. But how much do you think that weighs into it? Because because it's kind of like an ethic involved in that. You think that people actually support that narrative and like that that means something like to them? Like supporting like smaller breweries? Yeah. Um like yeah. you think that a lot of millennials see that kind of like I think, fuels my argument from before. And I think I think it's not just the millennials or the younger generations going to the smaller craft breweries. It's it's everything. I mean, I frequent smaller breweries all of the time. Well, it's a thing. <laughs> it's an event. It's a pastime. It's fun. It, yeah, it's fun to go there. You know, you get to know um like the 
the beer serving staff, like the bartenders, uh, you get to know, you know, like the brewers and stuff. Sometimes you want to go <laughs> where everybody knows your name. <laughs> so it's like that. And it's, it's yeah, it's more so like it, a personal experience. It's a community. Mm-hmm. And you just kind of go there and I see, I see when I go to breweries, I see people of all different ages. Um, I see some, some older people. I see yeah. some younger people. I see, you know, like middle-aged people that bring their their young kids in there. Well, what I see, um, obviously, and, and, the kids and, and, aren't like, drinking I don't, or anything. I, I haven't really seen the inside of any of these places, but I just on my regular normal drives around my town, it's just I'm I'm passing. Where'd that come from? And it's a, it's it's a craft brewery. And it's your town, brewery. so everyone, so our listeners can know. Well, I'm in Claremont, and Claremont. it's a small college railroady town, mm-hmm. and and. Uh, you know, it, it's not a huge industry giant, but I mean, every like in Upland, it, like everywhere I'm driving, there's a new brewery. Yeah, so breweries I really, have I been see, opening. I don't see an end in sight yet. I like to say that, or like kind of describe the craft beer scene as like the new, the new like today's generation of Starbucks. You know, like where Starbucks, any open street corner, build a Starbucks. Sure. And huh. within like a two mile radius, there's yeah. going to be like 40 different Starbucks. You got you know one in the Vons. But then you also have one next to Vons. You know what's funny about that is that I, my best friend from growing up moved to Seattle. He had some problems at home. We moved up to the Central California and then Seattle. And I visited him probably a dozen times up in Seattle. I have great fond memories of Seattle. But, and um, Seattle, I believe, is where Starbucks started. Right. And here's the thing. When I went up there, there were two Starbucks in the world. There was one on Pike Place Market. That was the first one, which I don't think I actually ever went inside. And there was the one close to us. He lived on top of Capitol Hill. And there was the one on 6th Street downtown and i remember it it was always hopping and then there was you know guys with carts and it was always cold up there seattle and there were guys with uh, coffee espresso carts on the street and i remember thinking in my brilliant business mind i remember thinking you know what this could really fly in a cold weather state i just don't know how it would do elsewhere forgetting of course that we're talking about basically a narcotic <laughs> and, and caffeine you know, that's legal we need it yeah and you know what and it just took off just like you said like like that was the boom then mm-hmm. and seattle was also at a boom everywhere you went there were cranes and they were building but it was funny because i you know i had that brilliant absolute moronic thought that like this would be great in a cold weather state thinking Absolutely. You know, when i should have been thinking how much do i want to invest um oh definitely um but i mean the back to the breweries and stuff um so the lo- local little town of Westlake Village um, used to have what was the only brewery I think just uh, Ladyface right off of Canyon. Ladyface, yeah, yeah, who um, was uh, distributed by Stone and they they found great success, good beers. Yeah, really good beers there. Yeah. Um, and now, um, fast forward a few years because uh, Ladyface has been open what ten years or so. Maybe, maybe uh, I not believe even that. that is correct. I, I, I know they recently had an anniversary, so mm-hmm. I just don't remember how many years exactly, but. Um, I mean, fast forward a few years in Westlake. Now there's also a Figaro Mountain Brewery. Mm-hmm. There's a Five Threads. Shout out to Five Threads because I I love the beers that they do. Hey, you know there. what? Tim is a solid member of the Booze League. Like Tim is uh, the head brewer is. Uh, yeah, I like Five Threads is a, uh, a, a Booze League member for you, sure. Your guys, a charter member. Your guys' collective knowledge of these things just never ceases to blow me away. <laughs> I mean, I'm focused on football and travel and women. and I mean, not that you guys aren't. I'm more surprised that I can remember a lot of this. I mean, you know, <laughs> I'm going to raise a little toast here to the uh, brain cells that survived, you know. I mean, cheers <laughs> no, to that. No kidding. <laughs> I mean, uh, that, you really are yeah. a testament to the fact that there can be a functional... Functional alcoholics. That and I know the words too. Don't say. stop <laughs> believing for some reason. And by the way, I call it enthusiasts. Hey, and you can still run this um, empire. So We're hobbyists. Hobby, yes. um, but yeah, Hobbyist. there's five threads. There's Westlake Brewing, 
And within the next month or two, there's going to be another one opening, 14 cannons as well. So, 14 so there's, cannons. No, there's no end in sight then. No, I, I think I mean, the market's going to change some, but I mean, I think I don't. That I don't think craft beer is ever going to. I don't think it's going to go well. Yeah, it's a bubble, but I think it's it's a it's bubble, a bubble ahead of change, not going away. But I think there's just going to be different trends. You know, like it was the IPA trend for. I mean, I everyone still loves before IPAs. Before that, if I'm not wrong, everybody was talking about Hefeweizen. He, yeah, Hefs have made their like. Yeah, I mean, IPAs are gonna always going to be IPAs are always going to be like a solid like like a go to uh, like beer style. Um, but right now, especially uh, a lot of people are doing like pilsners and like mm-hmm. hoppy pilsners. Uh, the big one right now, and I can't really like I'm not a huge fan is the the hazy beers, like the hazy IPAs, the right. juicy or however they're describing it, hazy, juicy, cloudy. Well, weren't uh, the Hefeweizen's cloudy like that? Because every cloudy. time I was out with somebody and they'd order like an orange Hefeweizen, it was always murky and cloudy. Yeah, it's always cloudy. I'm and uh, I'm not a brewer per se. Hashtag well, things I, drink I a lot know of, absolutely nothing. Yeah. About. <laughs> um, but that's more like the yeast that they use. It's it's a it's a little more set sedimenty. But with the hazy beers, like you get like a hazy double IPA. And I've always been a fan of the IPAs where you know you drink it. I like that bitterness that you get, that crystal clear color, um, but bitter. I like that hmm. that bitterness you get. But with a hazy IPA, you're you're getting more like kind of like like you're drinking fruit juice or something. Uh, that that that's just the current trend. And you have like breweries like uh, Monkish. Trillium, even Noble will release some yeah. some hazy beers, well, and that's that stuff sells out. Like they'll have like a four pack like pint can release, yeah. and it'll all sell out within like the snap of your fingers. I mean, it's funny again, and I don't, I don't, I'm not the expert on this in any way, shape, or form. But I mean, one of the exercises I was doing for the Start Sip Forecast was doing research on beers and and pulling out beers that that kind of spoke to a player or to an event and was funny but it was just like the the um, the, um, the wealth of knowledge out there it's just mind-boggling so on that note uh, we're going to move on i'm sure we're going to get into more of this as uh, our episodes go on because it's going to be a I constant mean, yeah i mean there's uh, constant discussion about yeah. that but um we're moving on to, uh, i just brought out uh, for the next round of the show um i brought out a little special treat for all of us here and we're gonna do a new segment called vinyl libations Might as well get this out of the way as well because we have new beers in front of us. Final round. Never mind that shit. Can you blow me where the pampers is? Get off the stage, you drunk bastard! I'm so wasted. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. (laughs) Okay, so playing now... Sweet, soothing tones of a band called the Turkey Buzzards. I download this over and hear me. Um, Turkey Buzzards are, uh, it's a duo of Dylan Nicholson and Eric Patterson. Their music has been described as, much like the duo themselves, the songs range near and far from the sticky humidity of the Carolinas to the arid and dusty cellars of the West, telling stories of simplistic beauty that unravel through gritty vocals and thoughtful harmonies. The reason that we're playing the Turkey Buzzards is we're actually drinking a beer now from Libertine called the Turkey Buzzards Blend that was brewed not in collaboration, not in that they gave input into the brewing process, but instead 
they actually recorded this beer as or recorded this music. Clearly, I'm on round four. Recorded the German. This, it's the German. It's German. <laughs> I'm, I'm way off base here. Um, recorded this um, as the music was, as the beer was going. So um, they were quoted as saying, after spending the morning brewing the beer that will accompany this record, when you buy this beer at Liberty, they give you a seven inch vinyl with these songs on it. And as we were talking last week, Libertine both made it into our top spots on our top yep. five Central Coast breweries. Yep. So, I mean, always nice to drink some That's Libertine. That's how big this thing is, though, right? Like, you got musicians yeah. starting a brewing company. Yeah, so they recorded this album um, as the beer was making the way from the fermentation room to the open-top cool ship. So, essentially, as this beer is being brewed, they went and recorded this album. And it's called the Tricky Buzzers Blend. It is a wild coffee stout. Uh, eight and a half ABV, so it's not too bad uh, in terms of alcohol. Alcohol. Um, I'd say that's eight and a half percent, about like middle of the ground for yep. standard beers. Yeah, anything that's going to be aged usually gets up a little higher yeah, than either, this. You're either going to drink something more boozy or less boozy. Yeah. So you're saying it's average? <laughs> it's average. If it's not eight, if it's not eight and a half, it's probably something else. Yes, absolutely. Gotcha. I, I'm, I'm picking up what you're laying down, but it is a wild coffee stout. Um, one thing I really do like about Libertine, um, again, they do mainly all sour beers, but I think it takes a really, I'm going to move on to another song here. Uh, this one's called South of Sacramento. Um, one thing I really like about Libertine is that sour beers can get a little bit out of hand. Like I've seen a lot of, or tasted a lot of sour beers out there that are, it's almost like they're doing it for the novelty of it. And Libertine, nothing but sour beers are brewed at Libertine. And you look at their lineup, they got IPAs, they got some stouts, they got this, they got that, they got so normal. Everything is able to monetize are, it with that narrow a thread. All of the Libertine beers, like they're considered like wild, quote yep. unquote, or sour. Um, so basically like, the yeast that they're using is a uh, is infected, but not like not nothing to worry about or anything. There's just an infection in the yeast, which is airborne too. So a brewery cannot brew a sour beer in the same location huh. like the same facility as a non-sour beer because the so the yeast, main, main the yeast can infect right. everything so. like like barrel works in uh buellton they do all the barrel works sour brewing in buellton for mm-hmm. Firestone walker but not in Paso. but these guys have been able to be successful making so, this one niche so the the libertine they do they only do sours or wild beers and that's how big it is and they have i mean they have on the sour scale, they have beers that range from not very sour, um, but definitely you got like a little hint of funkiness, all the way up to super tart, like Warhead sour, like those candies. And what, yeah, Warheads. Yeah. Warheads. And what I'm most um, impressed with with Libertine is that they can take a beer that you already like the style, like IPAs. Mm-hmm. Their wild IPA is insanely good. Delicious. Then they can insert some sourness into it without ruining it or making it a quote-unquote sour beer, where you're like, oh, it's a sour beer. You're like... Well, it's an IPA with this little bit of extra on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, their Wild IPA is one of my favorite all-time beers. Anytime I go through Morro Bay or San Luis, I make sure to stop by just to get that IPA. And now, to get this. And I've, I've stopped in a few times. They rarely have it on tap. But the first time I went, I bought four bottles of this Turkey Buzzards blend. They were out of the vinyl, so I didn't even know that that was a thing. Last time I was up there, guy comes out with a couple bottles and... A stack of vinyl records I gave out to people. I'm like, here, here you go. Here Did you go. Give out a phonograph with it because I'm assuming it's worthless to most people. 
Vinyls? Vinyls, yeah. Well, no, they're becoming big. And actually, Libertine's big thing when you go, especially to Morro Bay, is that they have a record player in both tasting rooms with all the good stuff. All the old, scratchy, Rolling Stones, Janice Joplin. I wonder how many of their customers go home and order a record player. I did. There's a record player literally <laughs> sitting in the other room because I watched how amazing it was. You know, sitting there drinking beer and they're changing it. I'm like, man, well, that vinyl well. sound great. So, um, yeah, so this is the uh, Wild Coffee Stout from Libertine. Um, if you want to get more uh, in touch with the Turkey Buzzards, if this is your uh, kind of music, it's kind of um, kind of bluesy, well, not bluesy, bluegrassy, folky kind of stuff. Um, they have a couple albums out. The first album they released called Hobos Don't Call It Camping, which I think is really amusing. Uh, they have a Turkey Buzzards Live, and they also have one that was just released this past March that has all four of the songs that come on the vinyl that were recorded in the fermentation room at Libertine and Slow. Um, so go out there and, and check them out. Um, no ratings on Beer Advocate yet on this particular beer, uh, for whatever reason. I'm gonna, I'd am i rate it a 90. I mean, I'm, I guess I'm pretty easy going. With beers I like, I like. If I don't like it, I'll, I'll you know. I don't rate it that high. Did you have the the ratings from Untapped, or are we just no? You were, just check out, yeah. No, nah, I just checked out Beer Advocate. All right, well, I know you're the on Untapped kind of king over here. So uh, on my way to ten thousand. By the way, you can what? How would they follow you if people wanted to follow you on Untapped? Because I know you're very active on Untapped. I check in a lot of beers. Uh, I think I'm pushing uh, just over fifteen hundred right now. I've been using the app for about three years. Uh, how would people find you if they wanted to follow uh, along on Otter's Adventures in Beer? Stephen J. Orth, so S-T-E-P-H-E-N-J-O-R-T-H, all one word. This is the Otter's Trail. And so we got, okay, so on Untapped, it looks like it hits a 3.83 out of 5 rating. Okay. Um, and that's out of 75 ratings. Okay. Um, but they do have two different ones. Oh, that can't be it because this is a 6.7%, so that's wrong. So yeah, the, the Turkey Buzzards blend, 8.5%, uh, 75 ratings, 3.83 out of 5. Um, and it's good. I mean, like, wild coffee stout aged in the French oak. The coffee stouts, I've, like sour coffee stouts aren't too too popular. I, I don't say. know that I've ever had another one aside from this. And I like coffee stouts. Um, I like them a lot more in winter, but I'm, I'm generally a fan of anything that's got that kind of raw kind of mm-hmm. bitterness in a stout or even a porter. Like Walker's Reserve from Firestone Walker is one of my favorite oh, yeah. dark beers of all time, and they've discontinued it. So you know, if they're listening, hey, bring that bring that shit back. One of the the most memorable sours I've had was uh, from Russian River Brewing. They had a beer called the Propitiation. It was a soured brown ale aged in. Something, some kind of barrels, and I had so I went up to Russian River and I had the uh, the around the world flight that they do, which is like twenty bucks, and you get a three ounce pour of everything they have on tap, Good which Lord. at that time I think was like twenty two or twenty three beers, and I'm just going around the world, and they have a lot of beers to try. Yeah, that and sounds amazing. I, I tried this propitiation, and after I finished the whole flight, of course I had to have four pints of that. Wow. Or four pours. I don't think they were, they were serving those in full pints, but... Well, I mean, that's because you're, you're a pro in the league. You can handle it. I can. Your liver's like, give me more. <laughs> I can do this. That day was actually pretty rough because I went to Northern California, so I started in Petaluma at the Lagunitas Brewery. Mm-hmm. They also do an around-the-world flight of everything they have on tap, and, I, and they do five-ounce pours of each of theirs, and I think there was like 18 or 19 beers there. 
uh, from there left straight up to uh, Santa Rosa for Russian River. And then after that, straight to uh, Healdsburg or Heldsburg for uh, Bear Republic. Also I like Bear Republic. I like Bear Republic. The Racer 5 IPA is probably like one of my all-time favorites. I have a great story for a future uh, episode on uh, Bear Republic's Racer 5. And Disneyland, which uh, we'll be bringing on some people to talk about Disney as well. Um, well, I'm pretty good and toasty by now. I think we're probably good to wrap this up. Um, coming up in uh, the weeks ahead of us, uh, probably next week or the week after, we're going to do another round of vinyl libations. This time we're going to be bringing in a mixologist to make something. Uh, we're, I'm actually part of a, uh, a monthly record, uh, curated record club that sends out not only the a vinyl and an artwork, for whatever they've decided to send you. They also send out a recipe. They recently sent out one from Betty Davis, which uh, not the Betty Davis from Betty Davis Eyes in the movies, but Betty Davis, who is a, one of the funkiest women I've ever heard. She was making music in the 70s. It's amazing. We'll be playing some of her music. Uh, they sent out a cocktail called the Southern Psychedelia Cocktail. So we're going to bring a mixologist in to make it. It's got absinthe, uh, rye whiskey, uh, and pama liqueur. So we'll see where that goes. Uh, we'll be bringing on uh, Nick Wyman, uh, the Booze League uh, Games Meister. Big Dick Nick. <laughs> we'll be bringing him on uh, to do a Burly Wine review. That was the first time I heard that. You never heard that one? Yeah. That is, uh, that. Uh, yeah, let me just give you one, one more of that. Big Dick Nick. So we'll be bringing on Big Dick Nick um, to do a, a Burly Wine review. We'll give him a, a high ABV beer uh, early on in the day. And uh, at the end of it, get a review from him. Nick's a high ABV guy, huh? He is. He the anything that's barrel aged, anything that's like fourteen percent or more, he's into. So we give him a beer at the beginning of the episode, and at the end of the episode, we get his drunken review. That's why that guy's always toasted. <laughs> always. <laughs> I do love myself a nice barrel aged heavy hitter as well. I I absolutely. Whether or not I I down it in an hour and talk about it, I don't know. We'll see. So we'll see how he does with that. Uh, the Boozley Bombshell, Amanda Miller, will be coming on as well. And uh, next week we'll be doing a profile of the most interesting man in the world. So um, tune in next time. Uh, we publish these uh, in the middle of the week. Uh, but thank you for listening. And uh, we'll get on, get back to you soon. See us online, boozeleague.com. Catch us on Twitter, at Boozley. Catch us on Instagram, at Boozley. And on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Boozley. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.